following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Well, how is everybody feeling on a Sunday? Wow, what an honor it is to be standing really not in front of, but in your homes. I'm so glad that you would invite us in for worship and for the word. Listen, I believe that we're gonna grow a little bit today. Did you enjoy worship this morning? Come on, what a fantastic worship set. Major kudos to Pastor Randy and his team. We love you guys. Thank you for leading us in worship. And I'm excited, you guys. Listen, it's the the first Sunday in May. Come on, we're doing good. There's light at the end of the tunnel here. I I hope that excites you. I hope that, that you've got a smile on your face on this Sunday, and it's my privilege to dive right into the Word of God with you today. And I always, listen, let me make sure that, that you're clear on something. And I love you guys, and I miss you, and I can't wait till we're able to gather together very soon in church again um, and hug your neck. But for the time being, thanks for allowing us into your home, and let's dive right into the Word of God. And just for the next few moments, I wanna speak to you on this topic. A boulder on your shoulder. A boulder on your shoulder. And we're going to start with a very dramatic story. So I want you to get, get in the mood to hear a very, very serious, like there's music in the background, right? And it's starting to build. It was summer of 2018. Let me, let me make this a little clear. It was the end of June 2018, way back in the day in my my now nine-year-old son, Windsor, was, was seven. I told you this is a very dramatic, deep story. And he was, he was playing all-stars. He was playing baseball uh, right over here for, for Oak Hill. And it was the final tournament of the all-star season. Da-na-na, yeah, 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 this is where we are. And, and basically, it, it's pool play uh, and to get a, a seating for the final tournament that we were now playing and, and I'm not going to lie, these kids were pretty good. Uh, I don't know where Windsor got his talent from, um, but I did play a little bit of baseball. And I'm kidding. Uh, but, but our team was really good. And we were, we, I'm talking like I was playing on the team. I kind of was living vicariously through my son. But our team was ranked number one. We were the number one seed going into the tournament. And uh, it, it was the semifinal game. And These kids didn't show up. I'm just going to tell you. Now, don't judge me because I know you're thinking, well, Pastor Brad, they were seven and eight. Yeah, 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 but they didn't show up. And I I know how how good these kids were when they gave it everything that they had. It was like they didn't even want to be there. And so we we were expected to win the semifinal game, and we, we should have beat this team. But we started off really, really slow. And finally, we were down. We clawed. We, you see how I'm interjecting myself into the story. They climbed back into the game, and we tied it up in the bottom of the six. Now, in coach pitch, which is the age group that, that this was in, you only play six innings. So, so we tie it up in the bottom of the six to go into extra innings. This is amazing. This is little league coach pitch, seven- and eight-year-olds, so dramatic of a moment. And now in the bottom of the sixth, we actually, in the top of the sixth, we held them. They didn't score any runs. We go to the bottom of the sixth, we're batting game on the line. And guess what? Yeah, we didn't score any runs either. 
And so now to speed up the game in these tournaments, they did, they did something that I'd never seen before. Uh, they did something that was called a, a Texas shootout. I know, a very appropriate name for seven and eight-year-olds. But, but let me explain to you what this is. Basically, you start with a runner on second base. Instead of the bases empty, there's a runner on second base. And each batter starts with a one ball, one strike count. Okay, so the, the first team, the other team comes up in the top half of the inning. We hold them. They don't score a run. It's because they were so good. Our, our guys were good. They finally started to play. We come up in the bottom half of the bottom of the eighth inning. And guess who's up to bat? Not Windsor, not yet. No, no, no. The guy, there's a guy on second base. The first batter, he gets out. The second batter... I don't really know what he did because he's not my son, okay? And I'm not play, paying that close of attention. But he got out too. So now there's a, a runner on second base. There's two outs in the bottom of the eighth inning. And can you imagine who steps up to the plate? Ding, ding, ding. You got it. Windsor steps up to the plate in the bottom of the eighth with the runner on second, the game is on the line. This is serious stuff, people. Don't laugh at me. This is serious. And Windsor steps up. Now, I'll give you a quick backstory. Windsor had been in a massive slump. Not good. His father, that's me. I was doing everything in this moment. I was calling down fire from heaven, asking the sun to stand still. I had got, it was like an old-fashioned worship. I mean, I was just pleading the blood in this moment. Windsor steps up. Whack! Cracks a line drive over the shortstop's head into the, into the gap in between left field and center field. Scores the winning run from second and the crowd went wild. And his father, uh, a pastor, a dignified man, it was uh, like I ripped my shirt off running around the stadium. It was ah! Didn't really do that, but I did go crazy. It was, it was this amazing moment in the bottom of the eighth with two outs. My son steps up to the plate and scores, drives in the winning run. But the truth is, right, that you and I, we have moments just like this in our world. We have these moments where it's the bottom of the eighth with two outs, everything is riding on us. And, and without question, there's two sides of the story to each, each one of these moments, right? And I want to address these for the next couple of moments. Uh, the first side would be what we're going to call today the dark side of these moments. And what that would usually represent, at least for me, is that there's, there's something going on in our world that that makes you feel and have feelings of, of a depression and defeating moments, moments that, that take your hope away, where you're feeling literally hopeless, moments where you don't even know where to go, you don't know where to turn, I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this. Come on, can anybody, can you relate to this today? Have you been in a moment, in a situation like this? Where, where you know that, that it's not all the way over yet, but, but you can see where your, your space runs out and you're like, man, if this, something's got to change now or this is not going to be good. Bottom of the eighth, two outs, no pressure, right? Yeah. But then there's, there's a flip side to these moments. There's, there's the dark side, but then 
There's also what we'll call moments of light, just like there was for Windsor, hallelujah, on that day where he stepped to the plate and he could have easily missed the pitch and struck out, but, but he hit a line drive and scored the winning run. And just like that, there's moments of light for each one of us as well. There's moments where something good actually happened, right? Moments where, where uh, you ask somebody out and they finally said, yes, come on, that's a moment of light. When you put an offer on the house and you get the word back that they, they've accepted the offer, this is a moment of light when, when something you didn't know how it was going to work out, but it just, it just seemed to happen. When, when you got a diagnosis back from the doctor and the doctor said, hey, I've got good news for you. You're all clear. Everything's good to go. These are, these are moments of light. These are encouraging moments full of, full of hope. And I think that, that moments of, of light are just as important to the bottom of the eighth inning with two outs as the moments of the dark. And here's why. Listen, it's really simple because when, when we're in the dark, when we have moments of, of darkness and seasons where it seems like there's clouds over our head, we actually need those moments of light to make it through those seasons when everything isn't going so well, when we're, when we're in the moments of darkness, seemingly hopeless situations, we need to be able to remember the moment of light. Let me say it this way, and this is really important. I want you to catch this on this Sunday, that our tendency is to doubt in the dark what we learned in the light. It's human nature, isn't it? It's human instinct, if you will. Do you remember, uh, maybe this is just me, that, that when you were a kid and your parents would tuck you in at night and they would, they would leave your room and they're telling you, oh, sweetheart, I love you. You're just amazing. You're a great son. You're a great daughter. That's what your parents did, right? Because you're amazing. And then what do they do? They say, I love you. Good night. And then they turn the light switch off. They hit the light switch, and all of the sudden, all, in just a moment, that thing that was sitting in the corner of your room is now a ghost. Can I get a witness in the house today? <laughs> and your closet is now filled full of monsters. It was full of clothes two seconds ago, but now that the lights are off, there's monsters creeping out from your closet door, and there's spiders on your ceiling, and you yell, Mommy! Mommy! <laughs> Maybe, maybe that was just me. Don't judge me. Y'all looking at me like I'm the only one scared of the dark as a kid. Don't judge me. God's not done with me. But when mommy comes back in the room and she, she turns the light, oh, that was just a baseball bat sitting in the corner. That's not really a monster, right? That's not really a ghost. Everything is all good. Everything is okay. And it's amazing, isn't it, how that works? That as soon as we get in the dark, we start to doubt the very thing that we learned and we knew in the light. In fact, if you're a living, breathing human being, which that would be you, I would probably venture to say today that, that we rarely remember what God did in the light. But more often than not, very rarely will we ever forget those moments when God didn't do what we thought he was going to do or what God has yet to do in the dark. 
We fail to remember the way that he was faithful in the light, and that is what tempts us to question while we're walking in those seasons that seem hopeless, that that you can't see light at the end of the tunnel. And I've got good news for you on this first Sunday in May, that when you find yourself in a situation that seems like there's no way out, when it seems like there's no hope in sight, let me tell you that the darkness doesn't have to be so dark. The darkness doesn't have to be as dark as it seems in your mind and in your world. But hear me, hear me on this Sunday. The light can bring hope into the dark only when you and I choose to remember. Only when you and I choose to remember. And, and for our, our remaining time together today, I want to I highlight a, a story out of a, a famous book of the Bible, a very infamous passage of Scripture uh, found in Joshua chapter 3. In fact, I've only spoken from this passage of Scripture one other time in my 14 years of ministry. And it actually happened to be just several months ago at my grandfather's funeral. And so it's been on my, on my heart and on my mind for several months. And, and God's really been, been dealing with me uh, through this passage of Scripture. I want to highlight some things for you today that I think might really give you some encouragement during the season of life that you're watching walking through. So the history of the Israelites is one that is filled with really fantastic moments, uh, amazing moments throughout the Word of God. You'll be able to recall them, the moments where God would do something amazing. And, and, and what would happen? They would immediately forget what God did for them. It's a, watch, let me set this up for you. Uh, think about the slavery that they were in in Egypt. Do you remember what God did for them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sent 10 plagues. That's what God did for them. He's, he's trying to rescue them. And eventually, eventually Pharaoh caves in and lets them go. God has, has brought them a mighty victory only to find out that standing in their way now is the Red Sea. But what happens? God, God provides. He steps up to the plate in the bottom of the eighth with two outs. And he comes through in a mighty way. He parts the Red Sea for them, and, and they get into the desert where they're wandering around for 40 years aimlessly. They can't find their way, constantly rebelling against God. And, and even then, even then, God would still be providing for them. God, God would lead them with a cloud in the day and fire by night. He would provide food for them. They woke up every morning to manna that was on the ground every single day. And yet they continued to question God's faithfulness. This is mind-blowing, really. They, they constantly wondered and they were, were doubting while they were in the dark. They forgot what God did for them in the light. And it's the way that the nation of Israel was. But, but it's amazing that every time that they would approach the bottom of the eighth with two outs, the game was on the line. God would always step up to the plate and crush one and come through for them in the clutch. In the most crucial, crucial of situations, he would come through for them. See, their heart in the dark, listen, their heart in the dark wouldn't allow their eyes to see the light. 
the heart in the dark that they had wouldn't allow them to see the greatness and remember the greatness of what God had already done for them. And so I want to ask you on this Sunday, how is your heart in the dark? How is your heart when you're walking through a situation that you can't explain? Because I've learned in my 37 years here on earth that the condition of your heart in dark seasons of life will determine what you will see in the light. So let me fast forward in, in the story. Now we're, we're in year 40 of being in the desert and they're, they're approaching the promised land. They can see it. It's, it's right there on the horizon. And, and it's really an unbelievable story. And I want to read it to you from the Bible because if I don't, you'll, you'll have, a, you'll have a, a, just a tinge of wanting to not believe it because it's such, an un, it's such a remarkable story of what God did for them. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me. You'll see it on the screens as well. Joshua chapter 3, verse 15. Now the Jordan was at flood stage all during harvest. And as soon as the priests who were carrying the ark reached the Jordan, this is powerful, their feet touched the water's edge. The water from upstream stopped flowing. And watch what it did. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. And while the water was flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that's the Dead Sea, it was completely cut off. This is, this is such an amazing story, what God would do for them. The Jordan is standing in their way, and God would step up to the plate again in a mighty way and provide. Watch verse 16. And so the people crossed over opposite of Jericho. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan. God's doing it again. And they stood on dry ground while the whole nation of Israel would pass by, completely crossing on dry ground. And so you get this picture of the, the water being held up. And guess what? They cross and the crowd is going wild. They're going crazy for a moment. God, you, you, finally, you finally came through for us. Finally came through? Really? I've been, I've been doing this for a long time, yet you seem to constantly be forgetting about what it is that I've done for you. And this is so you and I, isn't it? This is us. This is humanity. And we find ourselves in this perpetual cycle of, of getting what we want only to want something else, right? We can't be content with what it is that God has already provided us. We get what we want. And then we forget about the very thing that we wanted so bad that we pleaded, God, if you'll just come through in this situation, then I'll do anything. And then he comes through and then we want something else and we forget what it is that God has done for us. In fact, we take for granted what we have. Listen, as soon as we forget that it was the very thing that we had been hoping for. And as soon, as soon as you forget that the thing that has been provided for you was the thing that you've been praying about for months and, and, and weeks and years, God, I'll do anything. And then the next, thing, the next day, you're on to the next thing. And God's going, listen, I don't want you 
I, I don't want you to find yourself in this cycle. I'm tired of this. And so let's do it a little different this time. This is God's response, and I love this. He said, I've already parted the water, and you missed it. I've already done it for you. I already did it. Remember the Red Sea? I've done that. I got you out of slavery and you've missed it. You forgot about it. I provided manna for you and you forgot about it. So this time, this time, family, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to change it up a little bit. Joshua chapter 4 reads like this. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, here's what I want you to do. Joshua, listen. Choose 12 men from among the people. This is powerful. One from every tribe. And I want you to tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan. Can we, can we, get, can we go just kind of to the, the banks of the Jordan? Can, let's just gather it from, no, 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 no. I want you to go to the middle of the Jordan from right where the priests are standing. And I want you to carry them with you over to the place and put them down at the place where you're going to be staying tonight. Wow, what a powerful passage of Scripture. In essence, to me, the way that I read this, and it jumps off to me, is that God, God is implying to them, listen, here's what we're going to do. I'm tired of you forgetting what it is that I have been doing for, year, for you week after week and year after year. And so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give you something to remind yourself of my faithfulness and of my goodness. And I love this, they, they didn't complain, they didn't ask questions, they didn't have to phone a friend. They, Joshua unquestionably obeyed the command of the Lord. He said, I'm not asking questions, I'm gonna do whatever you're telling me to do. And so the word of God would continue. He calls together the 12 men that he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and he says to them what God said to him, go over before the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. And he said, each one of you is to take up a stone upon your shoulder. To take up a, a stone on your shoulder. I, you, I want you to walk out to the middle of the Jordan and I want you to reach down and I want you to pick up a boulder and I want you to put it on your shoulder. I want, I want a boulder on your shoulder. And then here's what I need you to do. I need you to walk to the place that you're going to stay tonight. And I need you to, to put all 12 of these stones, all 12 of these boulders where you're going to stay tonight. Take it back to where you're camping and place them there. And so Joshua would say this to all of the men. He says, this is, this is great. He says, because in the future... In the future, when, when your children ask you, this is powerful, when your children ask you, Daddy, Mama, what, what do these stones mean? And here's what I know. If you have children, uh, you know they will ask. They will ask you questions. Daddy, what, what does this mean? And when they do, when they ask you, God, God wants you to have something to point back to that says, oh, baby, this was a moment of light for our family. When God provided, when he came through in the bottom of the eighth with two outs and it looked hopeless, but our God, he provided yet again for us. God, listen, God doesn't want you to have to face doubt in the darkness, especially if it's something that you've already learned in the light. So he says this, when your kids ask in the future, 
What do these stones mean? You can tell them what they're all about. Tell them, tell your kids that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones, these stones are meant to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. God says this is really, really simple, but you keep forgetting. You you just can't remember the things that I've been doing for you, so we're going to have a memorial so that you'll have something for you to point your children to. And we'll say, you know what, this, this was the place that God came through in a mighty way. And, and when you're tempted, this is, this is how I, I'm envisioning this coming across to them. When you're tempted to move on and to forget about my faithfulness, when you're, when you're tempted to forget about what you've learned in the light, I want you to have something physical to remind you yet again of just how good I am. Listen, I know that we're in the middle of an unprecedented season of life, and sometimes you're wondering whether God can still come through, if he still answers prayers, and he's telling us today, I believe this is a word for this season of our life. He's saying, I don't want you to forget in the dark what it is I've already done for you in the light. Something that you're going through that might cause you to say, no, 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 God, I'm not, I'm not going to move. I'm not going to move away from your faithfulness because I remember this was the place where I received my healing. This is the place where I received salvation. This is the place where my kids came back to you. I'm not going to forget about your faithfulness and your goodness. As we close our time together on this Sunday, I wonder, I wonder what it might look like if together, as a church family, we would, we would reach and grab for a boulder and put it on our shoulder that would force us to remember Those moments when you shouldn't have made it through, but God carried you again. The moments when you know without a shadow of a doubt that your marriage shouldn't have made it. When you know that you didn't deserve the job, but you got the job anyways. When your family was protected, you don't know how you came through the accident, but, but you were prote- I wonder what it would look like if, if our church family together in Austin and Texas and those joining us all across the world, if together we would, we would pick up a stone. If we, would, if we would gather a boulder and be willing to put it on our shoulder and begin to create a memorial to say, God, I choose to never forget what it is that you have done for me. I choose to, to never forget again your goodness and your faithfulness to our family. I've learned something in the light, church family, listen, and it's been giving me hope when I'm in the middle of the darkness. See, you and I need something that when we're in a dark season of life that we can point back to.
And we can remember the goodness and the faithfulness of our God. It's been interesting the last couple of months during quarantine, Windsor and I, uh, we, we, we've been doing a lot of work at the house. And by work, I mean we've been practicing sports a lot. <laughs> and if you drove by our house, you might, you might laugh at us, okay? Because my nine-year-old is like on the side of the street right there by the, the curb. He's running horses. Do you remember old-fashioned horses like working on quickness back and forth? He's worn out a big spot in our yard. Cassidy probably doesn't even know it, so I'm sorry, babe, that you're learning this. There's a, a dead spot in our grass right now from where Windsor has been standing, and I have been hitting him countless ground balls. We got a big pitching net that we've been sitting up, setting up in the middle of the street, and cars would be driving by honking at us, and Windsor's pitching the baseball. He's hit so many baseballs over quarantine that I won't even let him use his game bat anymore because he'd wear it out. He's, had, he's been using an old bat that he had. This is, this is what some of our, our off time during quarantine has been filled with. And I've learned something about Windsor over the last couple of months of quarantine. And I want to share this with you today. It's, it's so powerful. It's that Windsor really likes to play the games. <laughs> he, re he really enjoys being in the game and playing the game of baseball. But you know what Windsor doesn't so much care for? The practice. Yeah, we're talking about practice. He, I've learned over the last couple months that he don't so much care about the practice. And I can't tell you how many times over the last several weeks that I've told him this very statement, and it's so powerful. This hit me as I was kind of wrapping up my thoughts for, for this message, but I've told him, Windsor, listen, how you handle the part that you don't like, it's gonna be revealed when you step onto that field again, when we have the, the opportunity to do that, the way that you handle this moment, the things that you don't care about having to go through, it's gonna be revealed in just a few weeks or months when you're able to step back out on the field again. See, if there's no heart, listen, church family, if there's no heart in the dark, then you won't be prepared for the light that's coming the things that God has in store for you. If you don't walk through this season believing and trusting God, listen, this is a season of growth for you. This is a season to where you can grow spiritually. God's got something for you in the dark. Does anybody, I wonder if anybody has heart in the dark that's been preparing you for what you've got in the light. And as we close our time today, let me ask you this question. What if God is preparing you in the dark for what he has for you in the light? That how you, how you handle seasons of darkness will be revealed once we step into those seasons of light. See, you're let me let you in on a little secret. You're being developed in the dark. 
God's working some things out in this season of darkness in your life. And I've got good news for you. He has a future and a plan for you. God's not done with you. He's got big things in store for you. If you will pick up a boulder and carry it on your shoulder and say, you know what? I refuse to forget what it is that God has been doing in my life. God's got you and God's with you. His favor is upon you. You are being developed in the dark. So I wonder right now if we could, if we could practice what we've been talking about today. Maybe you're, you're with your family right there. Our prayer partners are standing by as we close our service out. If you need prayer, listen, they'll be here once our stream cuts off. They'll be there praying with you. We, we want to partner with you in prayer. But, but here's what I want us to do. I want us to symbolically walk through what it is that we've been preaching. And I don't know what it is that you need to remember in this season. But I wonder if you'll allow your mind to go back to the last breakthrough that you had. The last time that you had that doctor's report, that last time with your child when God came through. And let's symbolically grab a boulder and do what the word of the Lord said. We're gonna build a memorial so we don't forget in the dark what we learned in the light. I wanna pray for you today. Would you grab your, your family by the hand, maybe? maybe get in together, hug their necks, and let's, let's pray together. Lord, we love you. God, I'm so grateful. God, I'm so grateful for the seasons of life that aren't so exciting. Lord, they're no fun to go through. I'm not gonna lie, I don't enjoy going through them. But here's what I've learned is that when I do go through them, that I'm so much stronger on the other side of them. And so, Lord, I pray for every family watching today, every, every individual today, Lord, that we, we choose as a church family to reach down and grab that rock, put it on our shoulder from the middle of the place that you have done an amazing work in our life, and we're going to put it down right next to where we're making camp tonight because we will remember what it is done for us in the light when we're in the middle of a dark season. Bless us for it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you on Wednesday night. Have a great rest of your weekend.